Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello and welcome to Pro Wrestling Index, delivered through the AI Podcast Channel. I'm your host, as usual, Guy Drinkle. Uh, we're back for one of our new segments and going through TV, which I've half watched. <laughs> so I'm use- I'm useful here as the host. Well, introduce my guests before these carry me through at least the SmackDown part of the pod. Uh, Tadira and Alex, how are you doing, Tadira? Hey, Guy, how are you going? I'm good. It's it, it's it's 24 degrees now. Where up here? a bit hotter where you are and we've got an australian on the pod it feels weird being the one in the hot country but <laughs> yeah i'm just really, really jealous yeah i don't oh. like it oh i'd say i'd like bliss alex was talking about 11 degrees and that's that's where i'm at that's, that's what i want no chance it's currently 11 degrees at around mid well just half past midnight in australia uh, at time of recording at it. It sucks. This is actually the warmest night we've had this week, I think. We're usually around 8 or 9 degrees, which is freezing for Australians. Might 11 add, degrees this in the UK. that time. That's like... That's, it's freezing. That's summer night time. <laughs> it's not. Our summer, I'll, I'll give you 27 degrees is usually what we sleep in in summer. Okay, maybe oh, not. No, 20 degrees is what we sleep in in no. summer. And no, completely contented by that. No, yeah. It was I like, know we play out this whole polar opposite stick every week, but it, it it is one of those things that will never get old because I will never stop being cold in winter, and you will never stop being hot in summer. It's disgusting, disgusting. No, it's the best. But anyway, I'm a nice guy. How are you? I'm good, apart from the heat. Apart from the heat, but it, it, I've not even I've barely left the house. I've been podded all bloody morning, so I can't even go in the garden. But I would have been soldiering on. I would have been on Xbox. Um, (laughs) uh, but anyway uh, into the pod Um, so we'll start well let's start with the sad news Um, I'm sure people in the wrestling community have seen the news regarding Shad Gaspard uh, ex-WWE performer part of Crime Time uh, and a small and a a singles run um, washed away in the current uh, Venice Beach on May seventeenth, uh, this it's has it been confirmed it was him, or is it just suspicious that is the body found was his today? I think it's been confirmed, right? Um, which is yeah, which is just really sad news, and it's it's something coming out quite recently, um, in terms of time of recording. So, 
there was obviously still hope in the community uh, that he, you know, maybe had washed up alive somewhere else or, you know, something along those lines. But it just it's just heartbreaking for his family, heartbreaking for, you know, his his son was in the water with him at the time. And uh, eyewitnesses have have been reported saying that uh, he was screaming at the lifeguards to go after his son to to like basically save his son first. Jeez. And what happened was after, you know, they, they got to the sun and saved the sun first, then a second like riptide came in and that's what then took him out. Uh, yeah. So it, it's, you know, even to his dying breath, um, we, we've heard stories, you know, through, throughout the years that he's a, he's a really good guy. Um, he's a really good father. He, he loves being a father. You see the pictures that he has. Um, with his son and and his family, he seemed like a really good man. And even to his last breath, it seems like um, that that was the case. And it's just thoughts and prayers to his his wife, his child, um, his family, his close friends. Obviously, the the whole wrestling community as a whole. It's just a really really sad um, sad situation. Absolutely, absolutely. And Alex, I mean, me and you are quite similar ages. I mean, I wouldn't say we grew up with Crime Time, but probably in our teens they were there. They were one of the funner tag teams, and they're certainly memorable. They were, yeah. I think I, I always think of it as wrestling adolescence in terms of growing up doesn't necessarily mean the ages of growing up, but, but more like our wrestling maturity. And I think, yeah, me and you were in that perfect sweet spot of sort of 05 to 2011, 2012, probably when uh, the we were most influenced by sort of wrestling, our wrestling watching, mm-hmm. when the magic was was not sort of corrupted by, uh, it's not real, or this sort of analysis, or um, the dirt sheets, that sort of thing. And Crime Time were one of those teams that you'd see and you'd be like, yeah, they're cool, they're great. Uh, they had an awesome finisher, they could actually wrestle in terms of, as a tag team, they put on some great, um, matches and storylines. Obviously, the the idea of Crime Time was mired in WWE's usual stereotypical, uh, yeah, sort of assignings. But they made the best of it, and they were really entertaining. Um, and I remember when Shad went out on his own and on SmackDown after Crime Time broke up, and it, it didn't last very long. But you could tell that that was a a big dude who really loved the business because he was sort of just always there whenever. And the memory I have prevailing of him was during the Kofi, Kofi Kingston title victory at WrestleMania last year, where he uh, MVP posted a video on Twitter, I think, or might've been vice versa um, that had Chad Gaspard like crying and tearing up and cheering at Kofi winning it. Obviously that was a big, big, big moment. Um, The first black, WWE champion and to see yeah to think that he's gone I mean these tragedies are always so like I always think oh you know just saying I used to watch him I remember crime time I remember when he wrestled sort of dehumanizes to a certain point um but the more I think about it the more I think that it actually honors their legacy because you know when when we're gone we all want to be remembered as something more than just, oh yeah, he was a human being, now he's gone, and that's sad. We want to be remembered for what we accomplished, not the fact that we're gone. So 
yeah, being able to remember him for the fond memories and like the good matches and all that stuff, I think is a is a credit to him. Um, and yeah, the, to get us through this really really difficult tragedy, it, it just sucks. Yeah, absolutely. And <clears throat> just to echo what to do, so I mean, everyone at AI, never mind PWI, will pass on whether they're wrestling fans or not. Um, pass on our condolences to his family. Every his friends, everyone. Um, so sad, so sad. Absolutely. Um, but we have to move on. Um, yeah, uh, the Owen Hart documentary, um, the Dark Side of the Ring. Um, I, I'm not too, come, too, come from one shiny, yeah, glorious story to another. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's a fun week of news. Good God. <laughs> um, you kind of explained to me uh, before, because I'm not too familiar with the story. I know. How when Hart died and all that stuff and, and sad stuff around that. But uh, today, obviously, Owen Hart and his family, the Hart family in WWE, the tensions there, but obviously the way Owen died um, and stuff like that, the tension between Owen Hart's family and, and WWE continues. Um, but do you want to explain this story better than I can? Yeah, um, basically, you know, the dark side of the ring have been doing features throughout throughout the year and um you know this finale was was based on Owen Hart his his career um his life with his family and basically the the narrative of the entire episode was focusing more on Bret Hart the husband and Bret Hart the father and how he was really excited to use wrestling more as a platform to get him financially secure so that he oh, could Owen then Hart, enjoy his life. Sorry, Owen Hart. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Brett's never been excited about anything. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Owen Hart. Um, yeah, and, and he was using it as a platform to be able to to take care of his family. And, and as, as as soon as he, w- he thought he was going to be financially able to do that and financially secure, I think he was going to he- head out. And the, the, the story goes on, you know, in, in terms of his introduction to wrestling obviously being part of the Hart family and how you know all all the sons became wrestlers and the daughters married wrestlers they go on to speak about him coming into WWE you know coming in as sort of like an innovative superstar who was able to do everything he could be a high flyer when needed he could be serious he could be comedic he he sort of had a natural gift with all elements of wrestling I suppose the the only thing that he didn't have, and which is maybe what um, contrasted with the Attitude Era, was he wasn't necessarily big on the entertainment part. He was more a, a wrestler's wrestler than an entertainer. And you could see in terms of the booking that he had during that time, he wasn't necessarily able to find a spot or find a gimmick that that helped him um integrate into that that new attitude era that entertainment era era that WWE was going into but in terms of um how the 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 documentary came off I, th- I thought it was a really good in-depth um docu-series it it obviously has home videos of him with his children him with his wife um continuing the narrative of you know he, he just wants to get back to his family uh, there were times where he was even stern in making sure he didn't have to get on the road just so he could spend more time with his son over Christmas, for example. Um, and then with regards to obviously the, the the probably the most controversial issue is now, 
you know, whether or not Bret Hart should be going into the Hall of Fame. Um, his wife has been adamant, uh, you know, she, she's never wavered in, in that she doesn't want him in the Hall of Fame. Um, and then also on Dark Side of the Ring, we then see his son, uh, OJ, who stood by his mom's side and said that he also doesn't want his dad um, in the Hall of Fame. Uh, he said, I would never let WWE put his name on a piece of silver and say that they they um, that they got that. Um, he said that we've built, a, we've built a foundation that helps people in homes, that helps single moms like my mom was, that lets kids go to school. This was all done in his namesake. This has all got Owen Hart written all over it. This is how communities, people, society remembers him. That's how we want it to be done. Yeah, he was a wrestler, but he was bigger than that. That was just part of who he was. And I think that that sums up what his family, or his immediate family thinks with regards to that, whether or not he should go into the Hall of Fame. And I'm sure that will probably bring up discussions of that um, post this, this docuseries coming out. Yeah, it, it, it's something I, I, I am meaning to watch the uh, second season, uh, a series of uh, Dark Side of the Ring. I've watched see most of season one. Uh, I think I missed one or two episodes because Sky has it in a weird way. Um, but Alex, your thoughts on the story? I mean, it, it's too easy for us to just say, oh, Owen Hart should go in the Hall of Fame, but if his family doesn't want to, or his um, immediate family doesn't want him to, um, there's not much you can do. But probably a bit before our time, but... What Owen Hart as a part of the Hart Foundation as a singles wrestler, I mean, people always bring up that he was great in the ring and stuff like that. He obviously could get in the Hall of Fame, but do you, do you side with the family here? Um, it's a hard one, and it's a difficult one to really get an opinion to like put your opinion to. Um, because on on one hand, you sort of go, well, yeah, he he is a a staple of of the World Wrestling Federation the WWE and he is a staple of the business and staples of the business get recognised officially in a sort of like document I mean we, we just saw a documentary on Hart's life and yet there is still the fact that they have to end the documentary saying well Owen Hart is not a part of the WWE Hall of Fame that being said I, I agree in part with Martha's sentiments that it's it's this fabricated entity. It's not real. It's not necessary. It's just well, I, I don't necessarily agree that it's just to make money. I think it's more that it's a night to sort of remember. I mean, WWE don't need an excuse to remember legends, but it's a night to celebrate more than just you know the business, the money, what happens now. It's the Hall of Fame's always, at least in my view, been this celebration of what was and how we got here. And the fact that wrestling's a business and everything sort of is put to the side for like that, that little hour where you hear stories and you say, okay, we can all celebrate this now. Um, so while I, I disagree with the idea that it's just there to make money, it will ruin our heart's legacy, it's hard to disagree with the wife who wants her husband to be remembered for more than just what the thing they didn't necessarily like. Um, and yeah, I, again, it's hard to put an opinion on it. On one hand, yeah, she's probably overreacting a little bit because wrestling's what killed him, even though it was obviously a freak accident. On the other hand, can you blame her at all? And if she doesn't want Owen to be in it, 
then is there anything you can really say that wouldn't sound sort of like make you sound like a bit of a sycophant? Um, yeah, I, I've gone back to watch Owen Hart matches and been thoroughly impressed. And it makes you go, it's a real shame that he's not recognized in that way. But at the same token, I think if you've got a show doing a documentary episode about you and focusing on more than just your death, then I guess you're recognized in a way anyway. So maybe it isn't necessary. Mm-hmm. It, it's more, it's like, it's probably like the international view against the community view where obviously he's recognized in his, in his community much more than just, just a wrestler. Whereas, yeah, so it's a strange one, but I, I don't know the, uh, the full story, but I'll, I'll have to watch the documentary to get a proper opinion. It does raise a question, though. What do, what do you guys think of the Hall of Fame? Do you enjoy it on WrestleMania? I don't watch weekends. <laughs> I don't watch it if that's your answer. If, I watch the highlights. Like I like. I enjoyed Kurt Angle's. I enjoyed Mick Foley's. Um, Mister T. <laughs> <laughs> Mister T was funny. <laughs> Uh, I I watch the highlights. Like I wouldn't sit there and watch what feels like a twelve-hour event um, and stuff like that. But it just depends. It depends who's going in. Like I think when the uh, the Dudleys went in, I I knew they'd tell good stories and stuff like that. But if it's like, say, if it's majority stars from the seventies, eighties, not maybe less or the nineties, but seventies and eighties, like I'm not I'm not gonna sit there and watch for a speech of someone I don't have a relationship or a viewing relationship of like what was it Hob- hobo jim or whatever it was a couple of years ago whatever it was hexo jim no no the, it was it was a smaller one it was like someone who just had a really nice speech but i don't think many i can't I, i'll google the name in the background but uh but just like people you don't resonate with i'm not going to watch it for them but if it's people i've grew up with like i used kurt angle there but Batista was meant to go in this year. I would have watched his. Um, hopefully, the, I don't know, maybe redo it at next year's Mania for, or maybe the year after, depending. Well, America's different to the world. We they'll get crowds back as soon as possible. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I, I like the Hall of Fame, but it's very political. Isn't it? <laughs> for what is just supposed to be celebra- celebrating someone's life, like Randy Savage not being in it and stuff like that. It's like yeah. Very was it Hillbilly Jim? Hillbilly Jim, that's it. <laughs> yeah. What about you? Yeah, I have the same opinion. I have the same opinion as Guy in terms of uh, watch the highlights. It just feels like it's way too long. Um, and I've, I've, you know, we've seen wrestlers com- complain about the length of it too. So if if they as as professional wrestlers and you know celebrating people in their industry get feel it's a bit too long. Um, I'm, I'm definitely going to be on that camp too, being a, a fan. Um, I think in terms of the setup of it, I, I think it's fine, it, especially for those that are going in. It probably feels too short. And we've seen what some of the speeches that they feel it's probably too short. But um, unless you're really invested or, you know, in, in everyone that's going in, uh, I, I've never seen the value in watching the entire thing, you know, from start to finish. Do you like it, Alex? Do you watch it? I usually, because of the unique way time zones work, I usually do watch it because it'll be on the, I mean, it's sort of varied the last few years, but if it's on 
uh, Saturday my time, Friday night US time. I'll usually watch it because it's usually like midday, which is when I get up, and it might as well. I might as well watch it. it's on, uh, but only if the headliner is sort of worth listening to. I think I didn't listen to the, I didn't really watch the Goldberg one because again, no emotional connection. Um, I watched just most of the Kurt Angle one, but again, it's it's no, it's it's not necessary viewing, and it's very simple to just be like, okay, I'm gonna watch Kurt Angle's speech, and then. That'll be it. But I do think it's nice to be able to, without with all the political side and, and everything, that it is nice to be able to just sit back sometimes and go, okay, let's celebrate uh, this. It's almost like going back and watching old episodes of your favorite TV show and then the behind-the-scenes footage of the actors being interviewed and saying, oh, yeah. This is how this is what we did it. This is how I felt about it. Like there is something gratifying about that. I don't think by any standard it's as important as they make it out to be, but it is. It's just a nice thing and a nice ceremony. So it'd, it'd be a shame if they got rid of it. Put it that way. But there's no, there's no real investment in who goes in. Yeah, it's just it's just strange. It, it, like I enjoy I enjoy watching it, but then you think of the people who are not in it. It's like, will will Chris will Chris Jericho be the next political one because he went off and made. Um, AEW, a big thing. Well, that's, that's the curious yeah. thing, is they haven't edited him out of any documentaries mm. over the last few months. Like, the Ruthless Aggression one, he's in it. I'm he's not in, sure they'll do he's a in specific the episode one, isn't he? He's, he's in on the Undertaker one quite a lot. I mean, they've still got his interviews in the Undertaker one still in there. So, And the, the whole thing with Jericho leaving was weird, because he asked Vince, can I go? And Vince was like, yeah, yeah, okay, sure. At the, end, at the end of your contract, it's fine. And then, like, with a month left to go on his contract, Vince was like, I want you to sign another deal. And Jericho was already invested in AEW by the, or, or all in, whatever it was, by that point, and wanted to go to New Japan. And Jericho was like, why didn't you offer me this last, like, six months ago when I told you I was leaving? I would have signed. But now I'm going. I'm leaving. Um, so I don't know whether Vince's relationship with Jericho is fractured like it was with the others. Um, I don't know. I get the sense that, especially with the interactions on Twitter and <clears throat> excuse me, Twitter and stuff, I get the sense that Jericho isn't actually that. Um, what's the word? Severed from the WWE mm. landscape. I get the sense that if his contract was up at AEW in I don't know. 12, 18 he'd, months. He'd, he'd, be in the he could, he'd be in the Rumble straight away. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's exactly what I was going to say. He'd be in the Royal Rumble and they might not get him back permanently, but they'd be like, yeah, come have a feud with, you know, whoever you want. Reignite the AJ one or whatever. So, yeah, I think that's, um, I think Cody might be a different story in terms of if we're talking about aggravated, but yeah. Yeah, he, like he'd, probably, he'd never come back for multiple reasons, I'd imagine. But... Yes. Um, but I could see Jericho we're... in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, yeah I think Cordy's probably not Hall of Fame worthy anyway in no, terms of not. his WWE career, but it would be interesting if he ever thought one more run in WWE. Probably not, considering he's high up in AEW. But yeah, I doubt it. But yeah. at the same time, he he seemed to start AEW out of spite for WWE. I don't think there was. I, I think his moral crusade was always quite. It was a thin veil for him basically saying, right, this is another extension to me proving WWE wrong and actually going out and doing, not in a bad way, not in sort of a Brody Lee way where it gets insufferable, but uh, this, this his whole career has been based on the fact that he didn't quite, he didn't 
part with the company on good terms and he wanted to prove them wrong. So, yeah, somehow I doubt it. He'd ever go back. Yeah, makes sense as well. Um, but we've got one more bit of news. We'll do the do the ratings and then we'll get into um, TV. So here's my boring newsreader voice as I read something. According to numbers released by Showbuzz Daily, the May 13th episode of Dynamite averaged 654,000 viewers, which is down from last week's 732,000 viewers. This week's viewership number for Dynamite was the lowest for 2020. NXT, on the other hand, averaged 604,000 viewers, which is down from last week's 663,000 viewers. Wednesday Night Wars. We cover it every podcast and we say the same thing. Who cares? (laughs) Dynamite tends to win. It's only really a story when NXT win and they just win in one big demographic, so who cares? Shall I just move on to the other ones? Yeah, there wasn't anything special. Yeah, I'll just take it. Newsreader voice, part two. According to overnight numbers released by Showbuzz Daily, the May 15th episode of SmackDown averaged 2.042 million viewers, up from last week's 2.040 million viewers. This is the first time SmackDown's viewership went up in consecutive weeks since February 21st and 28th episodes. Um, Yeah. There's there's one thing I hadn't realised. SmackDown's now averaging more than Raw for at least a month. I think. I do that. Yeah. Am I wrong? That's that for the start of the year. That is drastic. Although um, isn't isn't SmackDown SmackDown? Yeah, it's Foxes and a lot more homes than USA. Yeah. Sorry. No, that's true. Yeah, absolutely correct. Yeah, that Mm. makes a lot of sense. So, yeah, I guess it's an evening out. But still, yeah, I, I mean, that's the benefit of this new TV deal they signed. Plus, speed on Fox Friday, is available. you'd assume yeah. more people could I was going to say, probably more people. Which makes oh, you think, well, kids. Yeah. yeah, maybe Fox is, maybe Fox was right to get SmackDown because they, they will sort of unleash the potential. They just need it to be a good show. Yeah, just, just the easy bit to go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <clears throat> Newsreader Voice, Part 3 uh, According to numbers released by Showbuzz Daily, the May 18th episode of Raw averaged 1.7 I will try that again Average, <laughs> Raw averaged 1.757 million viewers down from last week's 1.918 million viewers making the May 18th number the second lowest of an episode of Raw in 2020 Last week, viewership was the highest since the April 6th episode, which averaged 2.099 million viewers. Um, today, well, I think Raw as a product is getting better, but is there any reason you can think the viewers is down? I mean, we vent blame the, blame the lack of star power, but I mean, I think later on you mentioned fuck, um, Friday Night Smackdown advertising stuff for next week's show, or this Friday's show. Well, is it? I don't know, maybe poor advertising on USA's part, but, I mean, we're not too big on on uh, on ratings, but it is strange that the product seems to get at least more entertaining, but the viewers is going down. I think maybe the, the, the only worry that they would have, which I suppose is a big worry, is the fact that they brought in some big guns for this show. Um, you know, opening it with Randy Orton and Edge, and, and I'm sure mm. we're going to go into the rest of the show I, I think that would be the, probably the only c- serious concern for them is the fact that they would have expected at least some sort of ratings bump 
because of the people that they brought into the show. But it seems like, um, you know, from my perspective, one, the only shows that are really getting, you know, ratings bumps during this this time are the news shows. Um, because obviously that's where everyone's getting their information for lockdown. And then also, well, you know, uh, the COVID situation, which shall not be named in WWE. Um, and then also the fact that the shows, you know, you, I think that's why maybe the, the Netflix and the Hulus are doing a lot better. You look at shows like the last dance, it, you know, it, it makes you forget about what you're going through. But then if you go on and watch raw SmackDown, you know, it's the Rona era because you, as you start the show, there's no audience, you know, it's, paint by the numbers i say this in terms of the repetitiveness of the matches one match begins to look like another match when there's no you know week in week out it's just replacing the personnel in those matches but there isn't much creativity in my opinion and when there's no crowd a lot more attention is 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 focused on the wrestlers and the creativity and when you don't have that i think it's really really highlighted during this time so yeah, it's just a tough period for them, I think. Yeah, I think that's a good point about the, the lack of crown saying, oh, shit, yeah, we're all going to die. I <laughs> uh, don't know why I laughed at that, but it made me chuckle. Um, that was a bit Dr. Evil. Uh, but I think that is a good point about being a reminder. But, yeah, it's uh, it's uh, it's a strange one, but ratings going down. I mean, it, if they're still this bad when crowds return, I think it'll be well be a huge story, especially for the USA network. Um, but maybe we can uh, analyze it properly once crowd returns, whenever the hell that is. Um, but Friday Night SmackDown, I've not watched it because I didn't realize we we're going to talk about it. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, we talked about on uh, the Money Bank review about Otis and probably not cashing in on Braun Strowman, but. Uh, They've started a storyline, Alex, or, uh, between Notice and, and Browning. Teaming, tension, the works. Are we going to get the it? The usual, yeah. Mm. Yep, the usual. Uh, this was the, the first indicator that made me think, okay, so Otis, okay, Otis is going to go after the Universal title, I think. Because that opening segment, Miz was very much hammering, hammering along the lines of, you're like, why is this happening? You got lucky. I can't believe you actually got the girl. You got money in the bank. Very much, yeah. What is happening? Um, you could be universal champion. And I think Miz saying you could be universal champion is the first time in my head I've actually genuinely thought, oh, crap. Otis could be universal champion. Um, yes. Which is great. Oh, yeah. Oh, as yeah. As he would say. Um, to me, the Braun Strowman's yeah tag match was sort of the usual money in the bank angst. Uh, Otis sort of concentrating less on the Universal Title and more on the idea of you know proving that he is good enough to be Mister Money in the Bank is great. Um, like we talked about last week, if someone's going to take it off him, the Miz would be perfect. Also, the Miz is just very entertaining. Miz and John Morrison, even without a crowd, just the way they talk, the way they deliver promos, the lines they deliver, they are very entertaining. Um, and I think uh, 
was it Sonia who did acting classes? I think we talked about that last week. Um, I think act, the, the wrestlers who do acting classes uh, and who develop more of an acting side generally on the whole become extremely entertaining. Um, small sample size, but Becky Lynch obviously is a big one. Yeah. Sonia, Sonia Deville, as we said, the Miz very predominantly and the ones who, who seem to transition into acting roles become extremely entertaining. Certainly Dave Batista, I'm, I know I'm transgressing from Otis, but uh, Dave Batista, when he went into cinema, it, I remember watching documentaries on the network and Batista was suddenly outspoken and he was commenting on things. And even the Taker documentary, just like, I don't remember Batista ever showing this much sort of emotion or, and then of course he came back and it was all, it was all great. Yeah. Even character stuff. Yeah. And when he came back and faced Triple H, it was great. Give me evolution stuff. Give me what I want. (laughs) Give me what I want. What is your (laughs) malfunction? What is your malfunction? What is your malfunction? Um, I think it. I think every wrestler should sort of strive to have some some sort of acting on their side, um, and the Miz is is a brilliant part of that. Otis is compelling, and entertaining in his own way, and uh, yeah, as we we were saying off air, the uh, the shtick is actually getting old, which is great. It's and the only years when the crowd comes back. Oh, absolutely, and I think. They may be sowing seeds of doubt with Mandy. I don't know um, because I certainly haven't read any plans that that's what they're intending to do. But the Otis and Mandy thing is has not got old. It is still very heartwarming. They are going to have a mixed tag match I, next week. And just, if that was in front of a crowd, it would get so much I, love. I, I've just thought of something horrendous. Oh, God. All right. Tucker's away. Yeah. What, what if he... Like we kind of speculate, but what if he his comeback is him costing Otis? Oh no, that would be horrid. Uh, uh, I mean, Taddy, Taddy did convince you last week that he has to lose. Remember, so he can, know, so that he but, can eventually try him. But, but I, just, I, I just don't want to think about. But that. I like Tucker. I can't. I, yeah, I know he's great. I, he will have. I like. I will hate him forever if he does that. <laughs> I really hope he doesn't get Janetti because Tucker is is excellent. He really is. He really is. Mm. Um, as I said, I've not watched it, so feel free to jump in if there's anything I've missed from segments. Um, I see title tournament. Um, Corbin, who was about to fight the WWE champion um, on Raw, lost to Elias. Um, I should have really wrote, read your notes before speaking to you to see <laughs> it probably helped. <laughs> but um, please, please walk me through this. Was it clean? Was it was it bullshitty? I mean, this this feud should have died a long time ago. But uh, what what's the crack here? Uh, the only issue I have, well, a few issues, but one of the big issues I have is Tournament Corbin is probably one of my favorite characters. Because he, he just seems to turn it on whenever there's a tournament. And I, I, I was hoping that this, this would carry on and he would go a little bit further. But the thing that disappointed me the most about this match was Corbin lost to a, like a schoolboy pin. And this was after Corbin had gone and taken um, Elias's guitar and played around with the guitar. And, and Elias seemed to lose his mind over it. But the thing for me was we all knew, as it had been advertised, that Corbin was going to be 
in the main event of Raw on Monday. And mm. I didn't think the guy you're putting up against Drew McIntyre, who just beat Brock Lesnar, who just beat, you know, the big show and, and everyone else that he's beaten, Seth Rollins and all. I don't think he, you should be building him to face a guy that's losing to a schoolboy. <laughs> it just yeah. it just felt so deflating. Or, or as you've um, written it in your notes, a Paul Smackage, which I enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it was it was terrible. Um, in terms of the match itself, Corbin looked good. Uh, I enjoyed his moveset. I always do, but just the the finish, man. You can't have Corbin losing like that. If you want a Corbin to lose, at least get him disqualified. Don't let him lose lose like that. I think it. There's too many roll-up and bullshitty pins in WWE anyway. Like, I've got nothing to compare it to. I don't know if it happens a lot in AEW or something, but my viewing of WWE is every feud is is extended by a shitty small package win, and it's just like, what? Why? Well, I think yeah, they don't do it. Like they, they've got their own example set. To do, like they don't do it in NXT that much. They they preserve finishes and they book strong enough to make people able to lose. So if Johnny cops a pin, then it's fine because he's booked strong enough that you just like, yep, yeah, he'll come back from that. It's fine. But it's like WWE don't have enough faith in their own booking, which is probably fair enough, and character work to let their people lose unless it's strong characters like Seth, KO. Um, I mean, there aren't many. Baron. He's the one that's copying losses a lot of the time. And it's just the roll-ups just need to stop. They do. They do. Um, they really do. Um, but we'll move on to other stuff. Hacker video, we speculated last week, the crack and whoever it'll be. Probably due a reveal soonish. Um and hope, well, hopefully it's just not. I'm hard. actually now I'm actually not convinced they don't know what they're doing. Yeah, I think it's, it's becoming like the spider. Yeah. yeah, it's becoming like the, the Rowan spider for me, and, and that's not good. I oh God, have a theory that they, in their heads, it's probably Ali, but they're not 100% certain on it. Only but because the is logo she... is so similar to Ali's. But that would be like I think the it most started off thing as Ali. Mm. I think it started off as Ali, and they saw the traction and intrigue it was getting, and they thought they could extend it. And yeah. they're gonna extend no, 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 it. No, yeah, and no, then, no, 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 where they're going. then they're gonna extend it. Yeah. And then after yeah. that, maybe they might extend it. <laughs> what if it's just <laughs> it's gonna just go <laughs> and dissipate? They'll just reveal it to Ali and then he'll just be back to being police cops <laughs> the week after. Yeah, but that's the thing, <laughs> and if the you thing reveal is... it's Ali, you need to do something with it, and I don't think they know what they're gonna do with it. Well, he's a little bloke, what they're gonna do with him. <laughs> But uh, even what you could do so many cool things with a hacking gimmick, right? You can, mm. but but like once you reveal it, you have to commit to it. Do you think Vince finally really played Watch Dogs? They'll commit to it. Do you reckon Vince yeah, just probably, played Watch Dogs yeah. and just like Absolutely, this is yeah. a good idea? <laughs> <laughs> someone someone showed him the Watch Dogs trailer and he said, "Damn it, let's do that. That looks great." Vince, this um, is from 2015. Let's do yeah. it. <laughs> In, uh, in my weekly change of who I think it is, I'm now banking on Ali and Ember Moon. <laughs> Ember, we the, forgot about Ember Moon. Male, female, 
dynamic. Isn't there was rumours Ember's career might be over with Hercules? Well, unless that's yeah. just it's the hardest injury to come back from. Exactly. Um, yeah, especially Hercules. in a wrestling ring where movement yeah. is paramount. Also, I mean, when she does come back, she probably needs a new finisher. And I only not I, in terms of a new finisher she could pull out on the regular to save um, the, eclipse. the eclipse for the better stages because that landing on her coccyx is going to ruin her hips. And like Hogan talks about how dropping the leg every two nights made him like forced him into hip surgeries and knee reconstructions, and it ruined his back and his spinal fusion that he's needed to have and stuff like that. Like, imagine doing the Eclipse, you know, not even twice a week, once a week, because you sort of need to do it on a house show or on TV. Like, yeah, she needs a, a maybe a high-flying finisher, an athletic finisher, something that doesn't have a landing on her ass like that, because Christ. Mm. It was the biggest concern for me, um, having ruptured my Achilles, is that your body then starts compensating for the, the weaker Achilles, so if if she's already in you know in line to get hip complications, they might be exacerbated by the fact that it you know her hips are now contemplate um compensating for the Achilles. So I think you might mm. be onto something. That mm. makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, hopefully she gets back. Um, it's always sad when someone has to retire from injuries. But well, Ember Moon's probably one of the most underused female talent. That's came up from NXT, really. Um, Even in NXT, she should have won the title from Asuka. Yeah, it would have been a bit. It would have been a bit. Forever die on that hill. Mm. Yeah, but you don't like Asuka. I know. You don't even like crazy Asuka now. He just goes around beating up Nia Jax for like 10 minutes. No, I I do like that. Eddie Eddie beating up Nia Jax, I highly know. Oh, Kyrie's been assaulting 10 minutes later. (laughs) Yeah. 10 minutes later, Nia Jax is on the floor with a foot in her face. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's um, I kind of agree with you there. To be honest, um, it would have been a bigger moment. Um, but anyway, hacker, just whatever. Who cares? It'll we'll be, see. It'll just be Ali, and it'll be shit. Um, Forgotten Sons. Um, I've not seen them once on Smack. I, I admit I've not watched a lot of Smackdowns, but since they've been called up, I've not seen them once on Smackdown. Um, are they getting airtime? The good thing is they're getting vignettes oh. and promos backstage, which is something WWE seems to not do as much as they should. Uh, in terms of the gimmick itself, I couldn't really care less about it, but mm. at least they're trying with them. And considering how little interest they've shown in the in the tag team division, at least they're building characters. So hopefully that, that helps them in the long run. And we keep saying it. Is it, that, is it Riker, the one who... The, the youth. Yeah, Jackson Riker. Yeah, he just probably should be a single star, and well, considering he's a fucking unit, <laughs> um, uh, and he's pretty scary looking, uh, especially the last time I bloody saw him. Um, the well, we kind of get we talked about the point of advertising, but kind of leads on to the IC title um, tournament. We've now got the. First couple of results that we mentioned with Elias, Daniel Bright will talk about the Daniel Bright. How dare you? What? I'm not glossing How over it. Dare you? What? I thought you skipped over Sonia Sonya's no, promo. I'm coming back to it. 
just bring up the title <laughs> now. Okay. You're nearly you're lucky. offended. You're lucky you're this time. You're nearly offended. Yeah. Daddy oh, yeah. Jesus. Never been <laughs> terrified. But, uh, you're on thin ice yeah. now. Wrinkle. I almost cut a promo on you right there. Oh, God. I'll just mute you and edit you up. <laughs> it's like when the fuck turned and put crowd noise in back in SmackDown in 2010. <laughs> Boo. Boo to D. Kevin Dunn on the editing. Boo. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, but the IC title tournament, uh, we're going to talk about the Drew, uh, the Gulak uh, Daniel Bryan match. Uh, I'll use that because I'm not bloody seeing it. Um, what what do you make about the the Sammy situation um, and stuff like? I can't even remember if we discussed it, but a tournament that's got Raw, SmackDown. Well, it's just it's just AJ from Raw, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yes. Um, unfortunate, but they've made the most of it because Sammy is going on a tear online about how whoever wins the tournament should be ashamed of themselves and how it's unjust and unfair. Um, and this actual this tournament will actually be fun. It gave Gulak a nice way to go out. Uh, it gives Brian something to do, which is nice. That actually makes sense because of the whole he had to vacate the title. Yeah, they made the best of an unfortunate situation that I don't think they needed to put themselves in, but they did and then made the best of it. So mm. on one hand, kudos. On the other hand, it's them being stupid again. But kudos to recover your own stupidity. Who who's our favourite? Do you want me to go for the cat? Daniel Bryan or AJ? They did try um, to tease yeah. it at Money in the Bank. I mean, it'd be a good match as well. <laughs> I reckon that'll be the yeah, probably be the final. I'm leaning towards AJ actually because he hasn't held a title for a while, has he? Since the US. Uh, yeah. Yes. And I think giving him the IC title would be a nice little placeholder. Post-taker. Would, would that be Grand Slam or has he not won the tag teams? He hasn't won the tags, I don't think. And does he he might be one big title away. The thing with the Grand Slam champions is they've always won the tag teams in the most obscure matches. <laughs> like Sean won the tag title with Cena randomly. Yeah. Um who who else? Batista won the tag titles with Cena randomly. I don't oh. think he's technically a Grand Slam champion, but he nearly is. Um. Yeah, they, there's always just the weird, like, oh, these are single stars who just happen to have been tag team champions because Vince hates tag team wrestling. So um, I'm not discounting AJ winning the tag titles randomly with someone completely obscure in the next eight months. So he might well be a Grand Slam champion soon. Probably. He's only won the WWE Championship and the WWE United States Championship. Same shit. <laughs> well... Two times for the WWE Championship and three times the US Championship. He is due a universal title. Let's or an IC title. Hey. Well, we'll get there. He'll be there. He'll, he should, he'll probably beat Nakamura. Although Nakamura saying there is a story there, so maybe. Um, but anyway, uh, we'll see how that develops. Go on, today Before you attack yes. me again. Sonia's are you not even gonna? Are you not even gonna introduce it? Yeah, this is the disrespect. This is the disrespect. The promo was brilliant. Okay, for one, two, I you, would... you on this very parish talked about how Tamina was the savior of the women's <laughs> division. So your opinions on anything regarding SmackDown's women's division are null and void. Okay, 
So give us give no. Sonia the intro. Give Taddy's girl, Taddy's other girl. How dare the you? Intro she deserves. How dare you? Do- I've already just watched the basketball thing you told me to watch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're gonna get into the axe throwing later. That was great. Jesus, uh, Sonia. I mean, we've all always thought she had a, a lot of promise um, and probably underutilized when. Uh, oh Christ, they were called Fire and Desire, weren't they? Um, when they were together, but uh, she. Otis aside, in this storyline, she might be the next breakout star. Today, I'm obviously talking if to you. If she <laughs> doesn't squash Mandy like fifty matches to nil, we move on Titan Tower. It's that simple. It's that simple. Um, Mandy doesn't need any wins <laughs> against Sonya. Sonya is killing it with her promos. Um, Besides the fact that it seems like every woman has to say bitch at the end of every single yeah, promo. Yeah, that's stupid. It, it's their that so one swear it's, word they're allowed. <laughs> they're allowed, yeah. It's, it's dumb. But my favorite thing is I, I enjoy a heel that that is right. Because, you know, she, she says everything she said about Sonia is true. With, you know, everything she's predicted, everything she's told Mandy um, has come true. She thinks Mandy will end up being fat with kids cooking high cholesterol foods. Um, I, I wonder if that's playing into the heat that um, Shayna Baszler got talking about Becky. Uh, it, it could be. Um, and then, you know, it's just another really, really good promo from Sonia. Um, she seems like she's getting into her element at the moment. They're allowing her to, it feels like, have more freedom with how she cuts her promos which is very rare in WWE, or at least she's, she believes in what she's saying, which helps when, when you're doing a promo. And in the ring, she continues to improve. She, she's always been pretty solid in the ring, I've mm. thought. Uh, she's always impressed me and surprised me in matches, and she continues to get better. And she just seems like one of the women that has drive at the moment. And sometimes it might, you know, it just might be a situation where, you look at, for example, Kurt Hawkins. Uh, oh, sorry. Um, the guy with I've Got Kids, uh, Heath Slater. He mentioned mm. in a podcast recently that um, the confidence had just been knocked out of him from creative and, and the, the higher up saying no, no, no after every creative idea. So it could be the situation where some of the other girls are just feeling a bit demotivated from all the no's that they've had. But Sonia seems to have that rocket up her, you know what, but mm. she seems to be really keen to grasp this, especially with Becky not being there. there yeah, there there's a that. chance to to go out and grab that rest, um, brass ring, as, as Vince likes to say, and, and show that ruthless aggression. <laughs> Uh, she anywhere near Bianca yet? Oh, come on, dude. Come on, <laughs> come on decide. Uh, well, Bianca's disappeared. She's disappeared, and you need a main roster one. Look, the thing is, I'd rather Bianca not be on TV than be getting rolled up in two minutes. She could so, have been playing basketball. I I think I think she will have a role to play later on and say, you know, why are you, after they've done all these gimmicky things, you well, know, are you guys actually going to fight them in the ring or something? One of, she them, seems one to of be... them is going to have to turn heel. First v face yeah, in WWE we'll does not last very long. We'll see. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely, I'm, I'm okay with her not being on TV at the moment because I don't see her path, a pathway for her at the moment. 
it seems like she would be taking a few L's, mm. and uh, I, I don't want that for her. True, I don't, true. Bianca cannot take an L for a while. Mm. But anyway, on Sonya, I mean, I, the first time I noticed, I think she's always been probably the one more interesting from a wrestling perspective out of the, her and Mandy, but first time I noticed in ring was that Elimination Chamber the first time for the women's belt? Because of what? I think, I can't remember if we were watching it together in, in the WhatsApp group, I thought there might have been the swerve that they were going to get because they were the ones stealing the show um, at that time. So that's probably the first time I noticed Sonya is potential. But yeah, it's good that um, if she does step up and try to take the void left by um, Becky, it, it's always good to create a new star. But you might create two um, with Mandy as well because I think we all remember how Mandy was at the start. She's definitely got better. <laughs> um, oh, she's improved. Out of, out of, and this is a feud that you can keep going and keep flickering with sort of the embers. And um, I think Taddy's right. Sonya needs to win most of the time. But yeah, this is it's it's good to have those personal feuds that make you go, oh, this again, this will be fun. Hmm. Absolutely. But we'll move on from that because we're like 50 minutes in and we got Raw to do. And that's the long one. <laughs> uh, Dana Brooke defeated Naomi. Other than Dana yep. Brooke actually move winning on. a match, who cares? Move on, move yeah. on. Charlotte Flair, <laughs> do, do we care? Um, no. Only to say, yeah, only to say, I mean, I think I said this um, in the group that the, I'm not sure if it was actually confirmed, but the, like, my thing was, yep, Charlotte, it makes sense that Charlotte's on this week, purely because Becky's gone, Charlotte, they're going to have to lean on her heavily now. And mm. I think it was really curious that in her promo, she was sort of swatting Bailey aside and saying, Sasha, what happened? Like, why are you just a lackey now? What are you doing? Uh, I have a sneaky suspicion that now that Becky's gone, WWE are going to, as they do when they're backed up against the corner, try and make something of it that maybe they didn't actually think about before being backed into said corner um, and go something weird. And I think they're going to try and turn Sasha face and make her big money star again. Uh, whether or not they were going to, well, they could have been planning to do that anyway. But I think that this whole, yeah, the Charlotte promo was interesting for the fact that she did focus on Sasha a lot. Mm. So we could be seeing more of this Sasha Bailey thing ignite mm. in the way of Sasha being face and Bailey being heel, which I think is what we all would prefer. Yeah, Bailey can't really go back to yeah. the first, can he? Um, but anyway. I'm enjoying Bailey as a heel. Yeah, uh, the whole cuddle bullshit got boring quite quickly. Especially after like giving her the title straight away, and it's kind of ruined it. Um, but anyway, <clears throat> um, Brian V. Gulak, I've heard good things about this, um, but kind of the kind of story coming out of it is that Gulak was he released or did his contract expire? No, he he let his contract run. He down. let his contract. He um, WWE wanted. I mean, in their classic way, they give you screen time when they want you to sign a new contract. Mm. Uh, and he basically said, nah, I think I'm good. I think I'm going to move on at the end of my contract. Um, which is which fair. probably the right idea. WWE, <laughs> they actually, yeah, I mean, it, it's the right idea in terms of they've got a bloated roster and he probably wasn't going to be used. On the flip side, I think he is one of the few out of the bunch that were released that could genuinely go on to do great things. 
Mm. Um, whether or not, I mean, again, we said this last week, I doubt AEW will pick him up. I doubt they'll be picking many people up. They are just, they've got their own bloated roster. Not bloated, but they've got their own capacity roster now, mm. which means you can't go forking out money you don't have on XWE stars. You have to focus on building what you have. They've got Sammy G. They've got Darby Allen, who they've sort of kind of made. I mean, he, he had a reputation beforehand. Um, they've got on the women's side, Britt Baker, but they need to focus on building their own stars. Drew Gulak will be an asset to any company that has him, but I don't think he'll go to AEW just yet. Probably going off reputation. I'm not saying it, but NWA or whatever it is. Um, with the German yeah. on it, probably I, wrestling focus love- and all that jazz. I know that they have the link to NXT and, and WWE, but I'd love to see him back at Evolve because he was brilliant with the whole catch point thing. Uh, he'll probably go back to Dragon Gate, do some stuff there. I'd love to see him in New Japan. That would be brilliant. Um, but to do, was this a good match? You mentioned that it's one of your favourite things from, well, last week. Yeah, it was a really good match. A technical match proper wrestling match uh you can see they they have lots of fun when they when whenever they compete either together or against each other Mm. and i think daniel bryan went out of his way just to showcase uh drew in this match i don't know if they knew before the match that this was going to be drew's last match and they sort of said let's just go out with a bang and if you listen to his post-match interview, it, it seems like he he went out there with, with that mentality. Mm. Um, just in terms of the, the legal technicality side of things from WWE, what they like to do is any superstar that's not a big superstar like a, a Matt Hardy, what they'll do is just before the contract expires if you know if they can't come to terms with agreeing a new deal and and i do know drew did ask for a pay raise at some point in time during negotiations um which i think was turned down but i think what w well what wwe do is just before you know just before the the contract expires they release the person Mm -hmm. so that the narrative coming out is that they let this person go Whereas when you look a little bit deeper, you'll realize that actually yeah. the person was wanting to leave, but it just looks a lot better and more impressive for WWE from a corporate side to say, no, 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 we released him. Big middle finger from Drew Gulak there to the WWE. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> uh, 1-0. Um, but yeah, I mean, it it, it's, uh, it sounds like it was a good match, but we'll move on to Raw because we don't want a two-hour pod. Um, the greatest wrestling match ever with if you, if you said that, if I said that to you, Alex, on WWE, who would the match be between? That's a good question. Um, AJ and Brian? My favorite favorite, my, like, as in personally, or just, you know, the Probably. accepted greatest wrestling match ever. Because, yeah, AJ versus Daniel Bryan, the two greatest wrestlers probably if, in terms of dominating the 21st century, um, because I don't count Shawn Michaels as dominating the 21st century. I count him as dominating the 90s. Uh um, I would suggest, yeah, AJ versus Daniel Bryan. Yeah. Uh, what we've got, apart from the Monica, which is dumb, and Charlie Cruz just needs to shut up because she just, I just cringe every time she says it. I was like, no, no, it's not. But what it is is a fantastic storyline, and I think I told you this off air. Uh, if I'm repeating myself, then uh, please. Let me know. But it's clear that 
no one at WWE, oh sorry, no one in the classic writers, writers room, especially not Vince, wrote this uh, opening segment because it had all the things that WWE just don't do. It had a callback to 2004, and we know that they do not like to, um, what's the word? They don't like to cite their own continuity, despite the fact mm. that they really should, because it adds a depth to these things. Uh, they do not like mentioning things that, you know, have any attribution to wrestling, for this is sports entertainment. And if Vince had his own way, it would be the WSE. World Sports Entertainment, not World Wrestling Entertainment, but Edge and Orton were out there talking about how it's a wrestling company and this is a wrestling match and this is going to be about wrestling. And then uh, Edge was midway through an impassioned speech. He was about to say something else and Orton just cut him off and said, shut up, give me your answer. Are you going to fight me or not? Which never happens. Usually the heel just looks and stands there all dumb and stupid and this is not a WWE thing. This is an all-wrestling thing. It's, it's been like, this way since the dawn of time. It's like an NPC uh, in a game. It's like, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> They're waiting waiting for your diatribe to finish uh, that you've clicked on to be, to sound badass. And that is an, that is an all-wrestling thing. It happens in the indies. It happens in AEW, in NXT, in WWE. In Japan, even, it happens. Um, no. Orton was like, no, shut up. Stop talking. Are you going to fight me or not? I really like it. I like how self-aware it is. I like that it's these two. Um, it still feels a bit weird that the last man standing match wasn't the finish to this feud, but they did manage to turn that into a storyline itself, which is great. Uh, and yeah, this is not going to be the greatest mess- wrestling match to ever a wrestling match. This is not going to be the best WWE match of all time. It's probably not even going to be the best WWE match at that pay-per-view. I mean, it probably could be, but if we get Seth versus Black, I'm willing Ooh. to bet on that more than I'm willing Ooh. to bet on. Um, Forgot about that. Yeah. Uh, I'm willing to bet on that being amazing rather than maybe Edge versus Orton. But the story is great and these two are great. So, yeah, this opening this, this opening segment was fantastic. Forgot about Black. He might be in the best wrestling match. <laughs> uh, he might be in there with uh, Brian and AJ. Um Yeah, I mean, to do, I mean, apart from the moniker that we... We kind of think it's a bit dumb. We kind of thought if Orton won at Mania, it might continue, but obviously Edge did, and it, it's still continuing. But they are, they've put an interesting uh, twist on it. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. 
I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I think the the only reason it's continued really is because the because of the ratings. That that's my theory. Hmm. I think they were going to move both on to other things, but because the ratings uh, have gone down so much, I think they they thought let's just bring them back. Um, and seeing as you know the, the rumored plans of where both were going elsewhere, I think those guys are tied into storylines, so it made sense to just bring them back together. Yeah, the 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 tagline is stupid. Um, it's you know just the fact alone that there's not going to be a crowd probably eliminates any match from being the greatest wrestling match ever because mm. I think the crowd is a huge factor in those things. Um, and then in terms of then neither of them I think are in their peak anymore. I think it's 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 okay to say that. I don't think that's too controversial. So oh, the, the odds of them. <laughs> <laughs> So um, it seems like me and Guy have got heat in this match. Yeah, I mean, in Teddy this dropping bombs. Um, <laughs> the block from I, nine I think... years away. How dare you? <laughs> 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 this is like the shield imploding. And I <laughs> shut up, Dean. <laughs> yeah, I'm Dean in the background. Going, no, 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 no! Come on, no, guys, it's fine, it's fine. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I think I get where they're coming from in terms of. You know the 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 experience and and from my, from my perspective, Randy's probably one of the best pure wrestlers when he cares mm-hmm. that they have. Um, and then Ed, yeah, right. And um, and and Edge isn't isn't half bad either, is he? So it it's got potential to be a good match, but calling it the greatest match ever or potentially the greatest match ever, I think is just a it's a recipe for disaster because they can't live up to that. No one can live up to that. I don't think because expectations will be just too high. I mean, when you when Funny you label that, something like that, it does tend to like the best matches probably for me in recent time is like Alistair Black v Buddy Murphy, where you had fuck all expect. Well, you had expectation, but you thought, oh, they'll get five seconds and it'll be shit. But uh, yeah, when, that's exactly yeah, it. No, when the label stuff, it does be shit. Yeah. But also, remember the AJ versus Shinsuke. Dream match mm, that was did not live up to the hype. You know what dark. did live up? What you know what went beyond the hype? The AJ Shinsuke last man standing match on a random SmackDown, mm. which was the best match of that entire feud, I think. Yeah. yeah. Um. You, and the other thing Taddy said that was really important is without a crowd, no match can possibly be even great. It can be very good, but it can't be great. And I was thinking about this the other day. Imagine Hogan versus Rock without that crowd. They yeah, would have gone it'd out be, there. It'd be basically what we got at WrestleMania, like Drew v. Brock. There, <laughs> it would no. It would have been like, well, yeah, that's true. It would have been yeah that sort of weirdness. But it also would have been like Rock v. Cena, mm. but without the added drama of a crowd swinging both ways, yeah. or maybe Rock v. Cena two because Rock v. Cena, Rock v. Cena one was actually not bad. Um, imagine if Rock went out there as the face. And just stayed the face, and Hogan stayed the heel, and it just didn't work. But without that crowd, that match is not nothing, mm. but it's, it's insignificant compared to what it became. 
Um, and that's the thing. That's also the reason I don't think Edge and Orton, I mean, it's probably the ratings, but also I don't think they want to waste any potential Edge feuds on Roman Era. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, Edge, we, we presume AJ, don't we, really? Um, You'd think so. If it's Edge v. AJ, that really needs a crowd, because I know AJ v. Undertaker was something special, but you can't really do cinematic matching. Well, you could, but, but it would be, I don't think it'd be as fitting as um, Taker, AJ. Yeah, and I don't think you can do another cinematic until maybe SummerSlam, I'd suggest Survivor Series. Yeah. I mean, it could be even longer than that, but anyway, uh, we digress. Um... So yeah, that that's the greatest virtually match ever. Not um, Buddy v Humber- uh, Umberto. I'm gonna say Humberto. Um, fucking sound like well, I am a Northerner. Um, Umberto <laughs> Carrillo. Um, this was just kind of the story of the night with with Buddy and Seth. Um, obviously tail ending this well, kind of tail ending the show or book ending the show, I should say. Um. You said Seth v. Black, but we're probably going to get Seth v. Alice, uh, Seth v. Ray first, considering the story there. But if we get Buddy v. Black in the meantime, decent. Um, or even Austin View, but we'll get to that. Um, Tadiwa, Umberto, he's kind of just being used to get the shit beat out of him now. Is is it? Is he gone? Is he too far gone? Is he now just um, jobber? Or could we see him become the next Rey Mysterio? I know it's almost an impossible task, but Rey is probably the only one who's broke the boundaries of being a small bloke. Uh, especially, I know he's kind of isn't he from San Andres or something like that? He's not. He's not actually Mexican, but when a foreign San star, Antonio San Antonio, guy. San Andreas, <laughs> Jesus Christ! I was watching the GTA. <laughs> I was watching the GTA thing earlier. Oh dear, that threw me that. Uh, <laughs> Please leave that in. Yes, I will. I will. <laughs> Good God! But um, Umberto is he kind of a lost cause now? I I really did a long question just to say that. I think the problem for him is he just takes so many L's, um, and I think he's probably one of the victims of the Rona era because mm. if there were more people available, the other people would probably be taking those L's. You could yeah. probably throw in a a Heath Slater or Kurt Hawkins into these type of situations. Um, but it seems like, you know, he pitches up and then Vince is like, oh, I need Buddy to go over some. Oh, Humberto, you're here. Um, so, yeah, it's it's just unfortunate for him. But it seems like there's someone in the back that likes him, that, that has influence on the show because he does get a lot of screen time. But I do think um, he's just a victim of, of the Rona era. Yeah, Heyman must like him because mm. there was a bit a while back when he got the whole injury and had the whole thing feud with Andrade where he was actually being positioned quite well. The issue with him is he, they haven't given him much of a character and, I mean, he hasn't shown much in the way of charisma or he's just sort of the smiley assassin without the assassin bit. Um, I, I wonder whether or not he will get a bit of a repackaging soon. Possibly, I mean, I wouldn't mind him joining the Latino section, to be honest. Does they have a name? Or do we just call them Zelina's lads? Let's go with that. Zelina's band, yeah. I'm never topping the big lasses now. <laughs> Not with shit like that. <laughs> uh, dear. Um, but no, I think that would be probably the 
easiest route to fix it, but anyway. Um, that was the start of the Seth story for the night, and obviously Alistair comes out and helps him match later on, yada, yada, yada. Other stuff, Liv Morgan. Um, Liv Morgan said the mother is a hero because she never quit. Yeah, this was a tad awkward. Um, but anyway. Charlotte defeats Ruby Riot. You mentioned Ruby Riot earlier today. I can't remember if we were recording that. But Ruby Riot comes out just to get beat by Charlotte Flair. Oh. It's an issue, isn't it? Yeah. I'm 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 hoping she becomes uh part of Seth's disciples. Um, if they're gonna put a goal in that in that faction, I'm hoping she gets put in there because at the moment she's doing nothing and all she does is lose, which is yeah. a shame because she's a really good wrestler. She's good. She's alright in the mic as well. To be fair, um, but yeah, I mean, when the riot squad broke up, I was well. I can see why Liv would get pushed more, but <laughs> you'd probably think Riot is the best one out of them. Uh, I know Sarah's not. She got released, didn't she? Um, yeah, Sarah's the weird one because she was getting a lot of momentum before she got released, and a lot of people have requested that she be brought back. I presume mm. once the Rona era is done, once WWE on flat footy. It but makes sense. The problem is Ruby is the odd one out because Sarah is well liked in the in, in the in the locker room, and Liv is also well-liked in the locker room. Of the three, Liv was probably the most liked in the locker room and had people pushing for her to get elevated because of the hard work she puts in uh, in terms of training and trying to get better. Um, Sarah obviously also has backing um, as shown after she she was released. So, you know, Ruby was kind of always the, the, third, the third one of the group. And yeah, that's just unfortunate. Mm, I do I, I like the uh, go with Seth thing. It, it makes sense. Um, it it would. Uh, whether that means she can go out with uh, Buddy and Austin instead of Seth just being there all the time, it it, it makes sense. But if you want to extend Seth's thing, I think she'd be the perfect of the uh, the women's roster to do it. Really. Um, <laughs> but we did have Natalia being a boo boo, so that might lead into that, which would be the shittest decision ever. Um. Bobby Lashley defeated R-Truth. Not really anything significant, apart from R-Truth doing his usual stuff, but we get the Bobby Lashley stuff later on, which we'll talk about then. Pretty, this pretty Ricky thing is crap. Truth deserves better. I'm not sure if it's his idea or if it's the people in the back, but nah, crap. Move on, do something else, Truth. You're extremely funny, but this this is a big miss. I don't think what is... What, I kind of fast forward this. What what was it? What's pretty Ricky? He's got a he's got an alter ego with weird teeth called oh, Pretty Ricky. I was wondering what the fuck that was on on like time three. <laughs> oh, whatever that is on Virgin Media. It, uh, yeah, it, it's weird and doesn't work. Oh, I thought it was like he got punched or something. <laughs> anyway, who gives a shit? But that yeah, <laughs> fake teeth's never a go. Right, axe throwing. No. Tadewa. Axe throwing or basketball? Ooh, that, that's that's a close one that's because those tough. are probably my two favourite segments of of all wrestling over the last two weeks. Look, no, jeez. Yeah, it's just showing a little bit of creativity. Uh, I know some there are quite a few people that don't like it, 
somehow for me it it hits every single time with these two teams um it's it's a self awareness gimmick which which is also pretty funny for me um in terms of this specific segment <laughs> when the viking Ra- um viking raiders um you know welcome the street prophets and they say you know we we know you guys love the smoke and and we have the smoke and they turn around and this <laughs> there's a fire going and there's smoke um <laughs> it's just it's simple humor but it works so well yeah it's great oh, one thing i don't get from this whole thing is they had like actors and stuff as part of this why are not some of these actors in the audience during the the normal shows or if it's if it's the law that because the shows are indoors, why not have some matches on in an outdoor type ring? Um, I I think that that's a bit of a waste. But yeah, I enjoyed the segment. I thought every single person was elevated in the segment. It was really funny. I also enjoyed the the fact of Angela Dawkins having a feud with the horse. And the horse sound effects that were very obviously fake <laughs> and crap, but still funny. Oh dear. Well, also, did you see the um WWE had a poll out saying asking what their their fans would like to see oh, and yes. whether they'd like to see um people in the crowd uh and whether that would make oh, it. Oh, it was a survey. A survey, sorry, yeah, that's, that's, yeah, that's what I meant. Uh, and so that could be something we see down the track. I'm not sure if they'll do it. Uh, I don't know why, but they. it seems like if they would have done it, if they would have, they would have done it by now. But anyway, um, no, this segment was so funny. They, they re- they've got really good chemistry together, mm. and I would not have picked it, these two teams. Like, in the ring, I would have picked it, but even the the comedy stuff, you just don't, you don't see it clicking like that, and it really does. Absolutely. I mean, what what's next? Is it? Are we just going to keep doing this stuff till backlash? What 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 do we want next? Well, I want them to have a match, but I don't really want either of them to lose. So mm. it's going to be like, oh, it's going to be a shame. But um, well, yeah, actually... like you said, the payoff has to be a heel turn somewhere. Mm. But it... would the street profits work as heels? No, I don't think so. But I like the Viking Raiders like this. I uh, know, that's the issue. Well, okay, the one thing you probably could say is in Rona era without crowds, you might be able to get away with face versus face. A bit True. more. So but now we might got, be able to put it off. We've got a new tag team in Raw, presumably the Fury and Buddy will be a team. Fury and Buddy, yeah. Which, I mean, I don't think we've actually team. addressed directly, but... We'll get to it. We'll finish it. We will get to it, yeah. yeah. But anyway, we'll move on because uh, we're over an hour, we're over 15. Asuka celebrations. I mean, the main takeaway from us is this, is that Naya is bad. That's what She's we can. She's awful. She, like, I joke about Tamina, but at least Tamina's not, like, trying to murder people. <laughs> exactly. She's safe. She's not great. She's not even good. She's not even, like, all right. She's crap, but she's safe. Mm. Whereas Naya is diabolical she just doesn't look she, like she, she cares she didn't even have a match and she nearly killed someone <laughs> yes legit and she doesn't she doesn't look like she cares she doesn't look like she knows what she's doing she doesn't look like she's trying in any way shape or form and most importantly she doesn't look like she actually respects the safety of anyone she's with it's really stupid. i think the 
the the biggest issue with Naya is that someone at some point in time told her that um because she's clearly working like a one of the big you know uh, a big person um, a big lass we've seen a big <laughs> lass yeah um but if you look at the likes of the undertaker kane they all work like big but mm. they work in a safe way whereas naya i think was someone told her okay you got to work big which means you know you got to lay in your your shots and stuff like that you got to mm. you got to look like you're working a yeah. bit more stiff and stuff yeah, yeah. and ragdoll the person but there's a safer way to do that and i don't think she's ever learned the safer way to do it she in her mind she feels like her being this in vertical is reckless is actually getting heat for her and the fact that she's playing a heel as well makes mm. it worse because now she's being you know it just it's just a vicious cycle because right. the more reckless she is the more heat she gets and she thinks she's doing a good job because of yeah. the more heat that she's right. getting whereas she's just got to get safer man um you think if the, big, you, the, the bigger you are the safer you should be really like i i I know, yeah, I know Seth got injured in a match with Kane, but it wasn't Kane's fault. I can't remember like Kane, Undertaker injuring anyone really. Like the bigger yeah. you are, the safer you should be. Because if you're, they're, they're if you're brilliant. Seven, like if you're seven foot tall wrestlers. and three hundred pounds, imagine how easy it is to injure someone. <laughs> I know exactly. It, so you don't imagine you don't you don't remember Big Daddy V being dangerous. You don't slash Fisera. You don't remember like, even the like the, the ones who are supposed to be savage. Like Ken Shamrock, an mm. MMA fighter. I mean, Ronda has been criticised by being probably a bit too violent, mm. but the, that's also not great. The only like, dangerous the other, person I can think of is Brock, but that is kind of his character. Yeah, that was his jam. And at the same time, he recently hasn't injured people. He's only really in, I think he's not injured many since Taker. No, and you can tell, and everyone who works with him is like, yeah, he's stiff, but he takes such care. And the Taker match, to even Taker mm. again, if you if you haven't yet watched the documentary, Taker says, like, I don't know where the concussion happened. It wasn't Brock's fault. In the same way that mm. I think um, Goldberg. Was, oh yeah, Goldberg. I think he got concussed. Goldberg yeah. is uh, dangerous as well. I forgot about him. Yeah, Goldberg is dangerous, um, but. The, the no no I think it stems from her punching Becky in the face and Becky making mm. it work and yeah. Naya thinking that she had any role in that whatsoever which she didn't that was Becky being genius but Naya was like oh punching someone in the face and making him bleed that worked that got me heat I played that off now I'm gonna I, I think, think you're missing the real MVP of this entire this whole Oscar segment thing oh we were going Kyrie we were <laughs> She she was fantastic, wasn't she? And she's blossomed in um the last sort of even in the last few months she's actually think, really I good. I think Aster and Kyrie have been the best thing on probably the best thing with Drew on Raw and maybe Seth without a crowd. Yeah. Yeah. They've they've been fantastic. Who gets a recorder over. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Imagine if that had a crowd, work. people would be booing the shit out of that. But it was amazing yeah. without the crowd. <laughs> yeah, some of these gems that we get in the road era, we'll look back on and be like, I oh, remember when Kyrie Sane got a recorder over somehow. <laughs> um, uh, brilliant. I'd like Kyrie to get a proper run rather than just being Nasca's fodder to now, you know? I still think she needs to be face. At the, they're going that way. Now you can't be. I, I wonder, though, I, I wonder if her 
you know the fact that she was being the the commentator and the and the MC for Oscar. I wonder if mm. that is going to do wonders for her with Vince because we know how Vince is with foreign talent that don't speak English. Mm. Um, they don't necessarily, you know, fare well. And I thought she was really good. She even yeah. had the dramatic pauses. She had the proper commentator voice, you know. And now, like Oscar, mm. like she she played it really perfectly. English was on point. I'm hoping that this this propels her. I think though that yeah, they've done a, a mix point. of Japanese and English, it works rather than just making them you do English. <laughs> it's like what the fuck? Yeah, let them do it. Gets all broken up. Yeah. Whereas you can get the sense of what they're trying to say if mm. they're in Japanese, and then the sprinklings of like, English make later it really on when Asuka was I just battering they had... When Asuka was battering Naya, I just Naya, wish like, they had yeah, a com- fuck you. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't swearing at you. I swear at Naya. Um, but you. Got oh to yeah, do. sure. Oh yeah, oh, yeah sure. sure, definitely. Yes, <laughs> this is this is Bailey and Sasha. Yes, it's like no, I didn't mean it. I didn't mean it. But no, yeah, the, the pounding die into the ground was fantastic. I hope that they. Uh, or my wish is that with the whenever they speak Japanese, I, I always wish that either that one of their opponents completely understands Japanese and like just responds to them in English, like they'll say <laughs> something and they respond in yeah. English, or have a, a commentator like Samoa Joe. Just be like, oh, yeah, I totally get that. Or just start laughing, <laughs> like, you know, whether or not he understands, yeah. but pretending like he understands what they're saying. I think that would play off really well. I think get we've Tony, Tony Storm understands yeah. Japanese. That's what you need. Get Call Tony up just for that moment. Oh, yes. Just so they can have, so, like, because that would be great. Just the moment where Kyrie and Asuka are talking to each other in Japanese. Get Cena in it. It would have been one of the languages he learned. <laughs> yeah, he learned geez. Mandarin in like a week. He, he could do Japanese straight away. <laughs> that man's a robot. Yes. Yes, he is. Oh, God, you've named him Chris Cross Applesauce. Bliss Cross Applesauce later on. Oh, dear. You ruined the podcast today. That's their tag team name. <laughs> that is I, their do, name. I don't you have care. To them no, I don't. no, I yes, don't. No, I don't. Yes, you do. I invented them. I invent- Guys getting heated with all the women's segments. I invented yeah. the big glasses over the Samoan fucking meat machine <laughs> or whatever they were called. <laughs> Good God. Right. Bliss Cross Applesauce beat the Iconics. I won't lie, I fast forwarded this. <laughs> oh, uh, no. No. I'm- how could you? Because. Uh, this was the most emotional segment of the week for me. I watched the fight behind and backstage. Okay, that's the that's the important part. Yeah. When Billy slapped Peyton, I nearly cried. I was not having I that. I nearly cried. I was not, no. Like, no, how could you? You apologized to her right now, you stupid woman. And then she did apologize and it was all it was all fine. Yeah. But no, on a serious note, it was actually quite a nice I like I like when they show I mean, if they break them up, I'll hate them for it. But I like when they show a bit of dissent in a tag team and then show them like making up and saying, Oh no, it's okay. The the passion's just spilled over. Things got heated but we're still a team because in WWE law, any sort of descent ultimately leads to oh, a breakup. Which you accidentally just... hit me. I'm going to fucking kill you. <laughs> yeah, I'm get, yeah, legit. I got pushed into you. You are now my mortal enemy. Like that, that doesn't <laughs> work. Um, so yeah, so, but no, the, the actual segment with the slap was really well done. I thought. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Well, I don't think, I don't think you can split them because they will not work single time. No. Also, they're the only team left. It's very true. It's very true. Um, submission match. Um, somewhat quick, but impactful, I suppose. Um, I think it's a good way of getting Shayna over. 
kind of beating the fodder and probably a bit too competitive for a match with Natalia. But uh, yeah, Shayna getting over and Natalia throwing a boo boo after the match to do what the hell was that about? I don't know, some sort of character development for her. Um, she's not a crazy cat lady anymore. No, no, she's not. And whenever she plays a heel, it just comes off as off to me because she's such a nice person. And I can always see through the heel character, so I would have just kept her baby face. If you're going to keep her as a, a, a frustrated baby face that has got grit, as Edge likes to say, and, and is wanting to get back to the best of her, then sure. But I just hope it's not a heel turn. I don't care either way, I'll be honest. Natalia's always just bored me. I won't lie. Um, Their matches from a technical standpoint are pretty solid, though. Yeah, but then you have to watch weeks of bullshit story. <laughs> yeah. You're a bitch. Oh, fucking hell. <laughs> Her matches are great, watch and out. yet I can't remember <laughs> a single one that's extremely memorable, which is a shame, because she is a technically fantastic wrestler. Meh. Yeah. Meh. She is a hot, you know. Meh. Thanks for reminding us. We didn't. <laughs> We for- completely forgot that. Yeah. She survived the hot dungeon. Thanks so much for reminding us. We completely <laughs> forgot that <laughs> at WWE every week. God. Uh, another note you mentioned is Samoa Joe. I mean, how good is it having A, him on commentary, and B, not King on commentary? <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> the not King part <laughs> makes it all the better. Uh, he's, he's so much better. I mean, it's a shame he's not in the ring, but if he's not being used, use him there. <laughs> it's perfect. Um, probably the second biggest story, which kind of, it kind of links to the big story as well, um, the Kevin Owens show with uh, Zelina's lads um, against Apollo Crews and Kevin Owens. Looks like we're getting Crews pushed for the US title feud again, which, yeah, go with it. Which Taddy called, I think. Mm. Um, but Kevin Owens is back. Used the tad weirdly here, but um, yeah, match was fine. Uh, but Aston Fury getting battered. Eh? Yeah. Did we did we immediately think oh, he'd be part of the Monday Night Messiah group anyway, or you think he'd go back to NXT? No, you very much know this that I literally <laughs> thought that I was I was about to send a message saying, or oh, Teddy was about to send a message to the group. I sent a message to my friend. Saying, oh, cool. Theory gets to go back to NXT now. He's had a little man roster stint. And my friend texted me back saying, uh, give it a sec. And I went, wait, what? And about half an hour, oh, not even half an hour later, like five minutes later, I went, oh, that is great. That's awesome. That's brilliant. Um, yeah, the one thing that I most of all love about this is that, I mean, you could call him a cult leader, but leaders of factions that are messianic and that uh, I'm going to recruit people to my cause in wrestling, almost inevitably never recruit anybody to their cause. I mean, Punk recruited Serena Deeb and Gallows was sort of already there. And then sort of, he sort of stopped. Um, he'd pull people out of the crowd sometimes, mm. the plants, and that was sort of cult leader-ish, but they never actually had that much drama or meaning with them um bray wyatt was the worst because he only ever recruited one person and that was braun who basically debuted as 
already formed, sort of. Like, we didn't see how he converted. To be fair, he only recruited eight-foot-tall people who had, like, sheep nonsery. That's true. Very, very, very exclusive uh, vetting process. But Mm. still, I would have liked to see him recruit some more people. Um, Seth is doing brilliantly with that, mm. or or they're doing brilliantly with Seth. Remember the referee that was that had the Seth Rollins yeah, shirt? Yeah, was. Good... I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah that yeah. was fantastic. And now, yeah, this stuff, making the best use of AOP's injuries, um, and recruiting people who like like any sort of cult leader, recruiting people who are down on their luck, recruiting people who are vulnerable creating people who have just been cast aside from something and need an identity, it really, really works. Um, and Austin Theory is a fantastic wrestler and hopefully does something cool. But, yeah, just the whole thing with Seth, I thought was fantastic, yeah. To do with your thoughts, I mean, we've kind of glossed over him getting attacked by the Latinos. Um, I, I will think of a better name for them. Um or they should, <laughs> it's probably their job. Um, but he's getting cast aside by them, which kind of makes sense, considering he was kind of just a placeholder whilst Andrade was done for heads or whatever the hell it was. Or, or, that's a big accusation by me, but nobody will care. But he was he was blocked out. <laughs> that's what I'm going with. Um, he was kind of a placeholder, so it kind of makes sense that he's not with them, but it was a nice link towards the, the Messiah group, wasn't it? Yeah, it, it was. Um, I've personally dubbed them the El Hijo de Vega tag team, the sons of Zelina Vega. I like um, that. Yeah, so El Hijo del Vega. Um, yeah, I, I, um, I was surprised that they got rid of him because I really enjoyed the trio. I thought mm. they were going to, well, if they had obviously been booked uh, a bit better and a bit stronger, but after the gauntlet match, I, I realized that that they weren't going anywhere with with them. But I I was very keen with uh sort of like a Zelina Vega as the mother of dragons, and you know her dragons oh, are the the three superstars yeah. or something. Um, yeah, that's where the El Hijo came from. But um, theory joining Seth, I think, is a is a strong move. Uh, as as Alex has said, I'm I'm a big fan of Seth recruiting a whole bunch of people. Um, he should have, uh, you know, tag division. Obviously, the, the injured authors of pain. He should have someone representing the women's division. You know, you got Buddy and and Austin now, and anyone that's down on their luck. I think you can just toss them into this group and and give them purpose, and and it would work. Um, and then in terms of the matches itself, it was good to see Apollo Crews get um, the hot tag and that kind of stuff. And we'll see what they can make of this. I, I just keep hoping they develop a character because just, you know, the the rah-rah getting the win character doesn't really go far. We've seen that with Humberto Carrillo and mm-hmm. that's fallen flat. So I just hope they give him a character if they're really going to continue to push him. Yeah, I'd, I'd quite, as I said earlier, I'd quite like Umberto to join them. I, I, I won't pronounce that today. I'm sorry. I, I El Hijo del Vega. I said San Andres earlier like a dickhead. I'm not saying that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll but, type it in the group chat. I, I, it's not that. It's not that. It's, 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 uh, it is very much his northern yes, accent. Yes. Oh, you is, have to say it now. No. El Hijo. Guy, right. Hijo, El Hijo del Vega. Del Vega. 
Well done. Yeah, perfect. Close fucking up. hell, I feel like I'm a fucking nursery. <laughs> <laughs> I did a potato print. <laughs> Do you want a sticker? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Give me my fucking we'll, sticker. We'll organise that. <laughs> we'll that. Uh, but no, I, I enjoyed this. Um, but kind of Alistair Black... Um, we mentioned you. Well, you mentioned feuding with Seth. I, for me, I think you want him one more before he fights Seth. I think Seth would be SummerSlam worthy. That'd be good. Um, on our on our eight day SummerSlam, yeah, he'd well, probably go on about day five. Main event day five, yeah, yeah, that yeah. I reckon that could work. Does Seth not need a win in his next feud? That's, that's why. That's why I yeah. think. That's why I think that's they where, need one in between. That's where Ali probably cops his first loss. And I think Ooh. he could probably take it if it was Seth. Um, but again, I think if you have a bullshitty that. finish, well, he's already lost, yeah. hasn't he? He's lost. He lost to AJ. Not on the main roster. I thought he lost to AJ in the build-up to Mania in the bullshit he were. Did he? I Actually, think... yeah, no, that does ring a bell. I think he did. did. Um... Yeah, didn't the... I thought the Good uh, Brothers got involved, didn't they? Yeah. Gallows and Anderson got involved. And then, a week, then a week I mean, later he fought him at Elimination Chamber? I think. So I think he beat him and then fought him. Oh, yeah, he did. He did. Yeah. Yeah. When AJ yeah. did the... When AJ was mocking uh, Taker. Yeah. That is right. But still, you still want to protect him in some way. Oh, at the same time, yeah. He's got... Uh, he could cop a loss if he yeah. has to. Yeah, I think, I I think, think if he figure beat, out a way, I think if he beats him both. eventually, it's fine. Yeah, but, but also Seth really needs a win. Yeah, post, I think uh, if Drew and KO at Backlash, Seth beats Ray, but not Buddy. Um, Alistair fights one of Buddy or Austin, probably Austin because we've seen Buddy quite a lot. Yeah, he, he can beat Austin, but if they put on a good match, it, match, it puts over Austin as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's yeah, that's probably the best way to I'd do it. I'd probably go with that myself. Um I was gonna say we'll finish on this. I completely forgot about Drew the um the uh, Baron. Um good match. Uh especially for a Baron match, which we complain about a lot, but when, when it's a good match it works and he seems to have chemistry with other people. There was good storytelling this match saying he, he was a follower as well, and then uh Drew kicking out at one of pretty much every move apart from Thingy. About um, deep six, yeah, deep six. That's the one. Um, which was which was great. The kicking mm, out at one is fantastic. Yeah, as I said earlier, before we start recording, we need Biggie Langston five count v this Drew McIntyre. Yeah, uh, the perfect match. Um, that that would be fun. But uh, apart from the match being good, the main story is we kind of maybe fought the next pay per view, but we're getting Bobby Lashley now. He's obviously been pushed into this position, uh, and seeing Drew work well with something like Baron, the way that. Lashley's kind of been working recently. I think it'll be one of them good big lad matches where it's just fucking meat mashing each other for fucking half an hour. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm it'll be speaking yeah. of Big A, it'll be Big A's fantasy. Yes. Big men slapping meat. Um, I, I think Lashley has had quite the turnaround, to be honest. Mm. With the whole way his match versus Alistair Black went and then the way MVP's come in, he suddenly looks legit again, which goes to show they, if they if, if the groundwork's there, it only really takes a couple of weeks to, to make someone 
legit again. Absolutely. I mean, some people enjoyed the car crash TV, but he did. He had to recover from the Lana bullshit. Yes, he especially had to the way from the Lana that, thing. Oh, I know she's kind of there. She had a tantrum thing, but I think it's a good fit with MVP. Yeah, he works really well in the whole. Um, what would you call it? Like sort of wrestling player agent sort yeah. of thing? Because I don't know if you remember, that was very much the pretense that he came into WWE mm. as sort of this hot free agent he signed. He tried to contract, stuff, didn't he? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and it was, yeah, it worked a treat. So it's it's a good role for him, I think. Yeah. Um, Tadewa, uh, Bobby Lashley re- rejuvenated. I think it'll be a good scrap. Yeah, I'm, I'm always for rejuvenated uh, Bobby Lashley. I think just aesthetically, he looks like a machine. Mm. And with the with the casual fans especially, he's someone that, you know, give it a couple of weeks and they'll be like, oh, yeah, that makes sense, you know, why he's in the title picture. I do like the layers that they've put into the story between him and MVP. I like the fact that MVP is calling him out, you know, saying, look at you, you should be challenging for titles. Uh, you haven't done so since I was gone and I've come back and and you mm. going up against like our truth and stuff. Yeah, yeah. What's going on there? Um, I really like that backstory. And it looks like they, they're actually putting a lot of effort into that. Yeah. The only thing for me is, does he need to be beating our truth two weeks in a row? I would have liked him to have gotten a stronger opponent. Humberto was just busy. To... <laughs> <laughs> so, so oh true. shit! We sacked all the jobbers. <laughs> That's not good. Uh, it's true though. Yeah, yeah but it was busy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. in terms it of was, the feud, yeah, I think it's going to be a good feud. Um, I'll be interested to see if they're playing to the fact that they were both part of the Drew, um, the Baron Corbin crew. No one needs to remember that. And, oh, no one. That. It was, <laughs> yeah. Oh wow! That remember when it was Baron and them fuckers on Raw, and it was Shane McMahon on SmackDown. It was <laughs> fucking awful. <laughs> the best wrestler in the world. Apart from that, it in was the, the worst for. The best thing, the best thing about that is the the best thing about that is the SmackDown one was fucking brilliant at it. And then every time Shane came on Raw, he was just like, "What the fuck, your shit, man!" (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, Greg Hamilton was the was the MVP of that. But yeah, I'm I'm quite. It's surprising. Say I'm looking forward to a Bobby Lashley match, but Drew's been on fire recently. He's worked with everyone and every shape of size. So. Be, uh, be he's brilliant yeah mm. and it's nice to be have a reminder that baron's actually good sometimes when he's not in every segment of every fucking yes. show yes albeit stop he w- giving him so many losses they need yeah, he needs it's a his job he at needs the minute to beat somebody uh he'll beat someone he'll Where's Umberto? <laughs> who's who's smackdown's umberto smackdown must have an umberto uh, he'll probably just cost yeah, Elias. He's called Shorty G, oh, and unfortunately, true. Baron's already uh, yeah, beat him. Yeah. He'll cost Elias's match in the fucking tournament, and then they'll fight again. You know that's uh, going to be true. Yeah, but anyway, to finish on that, to finish on that shit note, <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, what is backlash? Must be soonish. Oh, three weeks, two weeks. Let's have a look. Let's finish on some news. 
Black Lash 2020 is dun 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 not useful Wikipedia twat <laughs> elevator music oh my there god there you go when Ooh. was that three weeks yeah okay that's not bad well, three and a bit weeks. Three weeks, and we've still got a bit of the card to put up, but, I mean, Alistair Black on pay-per-view, he's pretty much put bangers out every time he's on pay-per-view, uh, we presume. But anyway, uh, we'll do that full preview two weeks' time, or whenever we get a full card. But um, that's it, that's our show. Um, hope you enjoyed it. Goodbye. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.